0: Uh, Rick, you have a question about yeah, Dan you, Enos. We
1: had a caller earlier that said um, he felt like when Bryles was here, whoever the backup quarterback was, never ready to play. That was his. That was his uh, summation. And he wonders about Dan Enos's ability to develop quarterbacks, and can he have more than one quarterback ready to play if one of them goes down?
2: I feel like he had KJ Jefferson pretty well ready to play against Missouri. Played against Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I, I'm
1: not. Yeah, I, there's, I'm not here to argue that. But I guess the question is that, that was our caller's
2: question. So, yeah, I think I think with I think that was more of a Malik Hornsby problem yes, than a definitely than a Kendall Biles problem. But okay, uh, yes, he has a pretty solid track record of you know sending quarterbacks to the nfl going back to his days at michigan state when uh he coached drew stanton um i think he didn't coach nick Foles; he was running backs coach but like when you look at the guys that came out of michigan state it's it's a pretty impressive group of, of quarterback kirk cousins nick Foles. um oh there's one other guy i'm forgetting they play for new england for a number of years um Anyway, but, he, you know, he coached Drew Stanton there. Uh, coach Brandon Allen, obviously, at Arkansas, helped develop him into an NFL quarterback. Um, coach Tua Tungvaloa, Mac Jones, uh, Jalen Hurts, um, Talia Tungvaloa probably end up in the NFL. K.J. Jefferson maybe too. So he's, he's coached seven NFL quarterbacks in his time, um, since his time at Michigan State. So uh, he's got a pretty – pretty proven track record developing quarterbacks changing
0: gears to a moment as it turns out uh, there is plenty of visitors all for unofficial visits this weekend but Trey it looks like at least 70 may be on hand for this weekend
2: yeah it looks like a, a pretty big number um I think maybe in the neighborhood of 55 is what Danny uh, had had told me anyway. you got guys from from different classes, obviously, all the way out to the class of 2027 that are coming in to visit. It's unfortunate you don't have a basketball game at home, although I know we're all excited to watch Arkansas uh, play Baylor and Waco. But, uh, yeah, it's a a nice-looking group of players coming in. Uh, Maybe not quite the level of star power that Arkansas had, for the last weekend, uh, there's going to be a mix of also some guys that are potential preferred walk-ons. Now, we did talk yesterday, uh, Arkansas had in town Camarian Franklin and Jacoby Hobson, who are both top 100 prospects overall. Um, Franklin is a, is a five-star in the 2024 class. Um, and Hobson is inside again inside the top 100 in the 2025 class so they had a couple of nice looking midweek visitors too so this is time to get it done because we've got just a couple of days left and and it goes dead so um, it's the now's the time to get them in
0: and you mentioned the Harris twins they are not scheduled to visit right and, uh, I think we can think move on there out. yeah yeah. To move on so there you go um
2: and just for some clarification randy i don't know I, I just published this a little bit ago but i did get we talked about kate fortin yesterday so i reached out again and got some clarification on that so he will count against the 2022 class for the spring semester but in the fall he will count against the 2023 class so that would bring arkansas scholarship total up to 76 for 2023 so they have nine spots left.
0: <laughs> that seems to be a moving bullseye, does it not? Uh, just when you yep. kind of get a feel for things, then something else changes. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live and feedback. Robert Tino says, question for Trey. Trey, why does Arkansas even belong on the same court as Baylor? Easiest money of all time to be on Baylor. Under the leadership of John Pelfrey Musselman, Arkansas has not beaten one quality team <laughs> oh, this year. That is a fireball offense, in my opinion. Holy all man. hope is lost for this basketball program. Also, you need to be more positive on your YouTube page, Walk and Talks. Smile more. You look mean.
2: I am mean. I'm Especially, mean enough that I'm not going to answer any of his questions. Yeah. Especially when somebody <laughs> has an idiotic you – know.
1: Dancing Donkey is back. He's just using aliases. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, he's he's a funny troll,
2: but uh, you know. uh, I mean, the basketball season.
1: Hey, did John Pelfrey ever get Arkansas to the Elite Eight? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. In fact, I don't think anybody has between Nolan Richardson and Eric Musselman, who's done it. It's been a while. Amazing, he's Uh, done it. One thing they're
2: not wrong about, um, aside from me usually looking mean, um, (laughs) is. The basketball season hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. I mean, obviously they've had Travon Brazil knocked out, um, Nick Smith, you know, hopefully going to be back in February, and but has missed all but six games and really wasn't 100% in the games he came back for. So, yeah, it hasn't been um, it hasn't been quite the season that we'd hoped. But again, we've seen Arkansas here before and surge ahead and really, I think, max out what their potential has been uh, by getting to the Elite Eight in each of the last two years. So um, I think they're starting to maybe get some pieces together. It's hard to judge anything on LSU because they're pretty terrible, but um, we'll find out a lot about them when they go to Waco. That's no question about that. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, what, they say the line was three and a half. I kind of thought it would be like seven, six and a half or something. So well, maybe, He did say maybe jumped it jumped up to five moment. and a half. Jumped up to five, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that uh, it would be a little bit bigger, so maybe Dancy Dawkey's right. Maybe it is easy money on Baylor.
1: <laughs> Baylor, by the way, one of those Elite Eights, Baylor on its way to the National Championship beat Arkansas. Arkansas played him very well, but ended up losing
2: in, in the Elite Eight. I, lo- I love how he uh, said all this negative stuff and then told me I need to be more upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. (laughs) Hmm. Be positive, Trey. Be
0: positive, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I would think most of your walk and talks, it seems like do people tune in or watch after Arkansas has lost a game as compared to when Arkansas wins a game? Because we typically get, like on the – Um, First Security Fifth Quarter Post Game Show. We have our bigger shows when Arkansas is lost. I guess Mm. there's more to complain about. Do you kind of get the same feedback, Trey?
2: There's no question when I, if I, during the course of a game, if I make a tweet that's negative, it gets retweeted way more than if I make a tweet that's positive. (laughs) So uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the movie Spirited, uh, the Will Ferrell movie came out on. I think Apple T V anyway it's uh it's pretty funny, but it's a Christmas movie and these and it's kind of got a Scrooge esque theme to it. And uh, the guy says, if you want to know who we are, look in the comments below. He's talking about humanity <laughs> so that's who we are in the comments below. Um I don't necessarily hundred percent agree with that, but there are people that uh I don't know, seem to thrive on the negative. But um, as far as my walk and talks, I would say they definitely get more action when they're losing, and I think a reason for that is I kind of want I want those to be like, you know, you and me are walking to the car after the game, talking about the game, mm-hmm. you know. Except for I'm the only one talking; it's just a conversation, really. And it's people always say I've like missed this or I didn't talk about that, but it's just it's not rehearsed. It's just you know, I do the studio show that's rehearsed. This is just like an off-the-cuff reaction. So I think people view it in some way as a bit of therapy or just some relief that maybe somebody else feels like they feel. So, yeah, I'd say maybe the negative ones get a little bit more views. It's kind of, uh, I would much rather do positive ones, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't I don't much you rather. think,
1: though, that it, when, when your, their team loses, and in this case Arkansas, they want to hear – how other people feel about it because they're feeling it and so I, I think that's probably why whereas if you win hey you're happy that's great turn it off let's go on to what's next i, I think yeah i think people want somebody to mourn with them don't you think
2: yeah uh, the last thing they want is for me to give a bunch of excuses as to why they right <laughs> why they're not better <laughs> you know right. that's that's the last thing anybody wants when they're your know, football is a, it's a very passionate basketball is too um, you know, baseball tends to be a little bit more laid back, I think, but uh, football is. Uh, I mean, it's every play. You feel like you could live or die on it, and uh, it's a very emotional game. It's one of the things I love about it.
0: As I, I'm at the Big Buck Classic, so if I get yeah. distracted, Trey, you're I looking apologize. For snakes.
1: He's close to the snakes <laughs> and the alligators, so you got to be careful. Hmm.
0: So. Yeah, I sometimes lose my train of thought based upon the activity that's going on around me and know there's not a snake that I can tell close by. Uh, I've mm-hmm. researched that quite carefully. I do know that they're very resourceful, though. They, they can find ways that uh, are somewhat amazing at times. Um, Trey, you mentioned going into this dead period. So kind of walk us through, if you will, what is going to occur. Uh, from an arkansas standpoint whether it be uh, what what can arkansas coaches do going forward in this dead period and uh, we asked the question the other day and there's still yet to be word on any dates associated with spring football so that's still mm-hmm. lingering out there but what's what's next now for the arkansas coaching staff
2: right well you got signing day obviously on the first that's right what the dead period leads up into. Uh, But all the dead period means, and there's always a lot of confusion. I don't know why they call it a dead period necessarily and a quiet period. But a quiet period means that there can be no off-campus contact between a coach and a player in person. We're just talking, these terms just apply to being in person. Uh, A dead period means there can be no on-campus or off-campus contact between coaches and players. In-person contact, again. That doesn't stop them from texting, calling, any of those things. So, they'll still, you know, they'll still be talking to recruits, trying to convince recruits to do, you know, one thing or another, or, um, you know, just staying in touch, all those kinds of things. I, th- I feel like, you know, we'll have probably a signing day press conference because there are players that are new that are jumping on board. Shamar Easter the only one from the high school ranks as of right now, and then, not that I'm expecting anybody else, but he's the only one right now that's going to sign. And then you've got the other uh, newer additions that he'll, that Pittman will probably want to talk about also. Um, and then, you know, just from talking with Danny, it kind of feels like maybe there's some guys to watch out for in the 2024 class, as you know. We know they always try to get get off to a, you know, a nice hot start. Um, you know, when you close down one class and move on to the next. So maybe if it, if not you know, later that day, maybe later that week, we might see uh, some commitments from the next class.
0: It seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Trey, but it seems like when a new coordinator, especially new coordinators, have been hired, there's always been a press conference. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that with Danny Enos or, or, um, yeah, my mind's going. Well, with Travis, Williams,
2: um, with Travis Williams, with Travis Williams and uh, John Morgan, we did not see anything until, or excuse me, Morgan Turner. I'm my names mixed up. Uh, we did not uh, see them in press conference setting until uh, the early national signing day. If you remember, Randy. Uh, now with Ben Souders, he was hired a good bit before that, and we did a Zoom press conference with him. So, I would expect we'd see, we talked to Marcus Woodson, Travis Williams, um, Deron Wilson. I would assume we talked to all those guys and Dan Enos, uh, maybe in some capacity on signing day. Maybe that's, that's a lot of people (laughs) to have up there at the Mm -hmm. podium, but, um, I assume there'll, there'll be something. By the way, um, I've got, I got, uh, uh, Darren Williams, I think it's how you say it, Darren or Darren. I'm not, I'm not 100, but um, I'll know after we have a press conference with him. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he's going to make 300,000 a year, and that goes out to 2025, February of 2025. So um, that's that's everybody. I've got them at, not including Ben Saunders, um, but just the ten assistants. I've got them at where's that number? I think 5.84 million. And last year they were at 6.44 million. So we could possibly see some money distributed, you know, uh, among I think seven coaches last year were, you know, salaries were increased. Uh, So I think a big reason you see, you know, a $600,000 gap there is because Barry Odom was making 1.85 million last year, which is, you know, $750,000 more than, anybody else on the staff currently right now. So uh, I think that's one reason you see uh, a gap there. So, you know, they had, uh, you know, last year they had uh, uh, Kendall Browse went up to 1.2 million. Um, let's see, who all went up? Uh, I, I think, uh, let's see, shareer got a huge right. Sharer went from 175,000 to 325,000. Um, so he got a pretty big raise last year. browse went up to one point two. Dow Loggins went from three hundred thousand to four hundred thousand. That was in his contract already. That wasn't like a raise. Kenny Guyton got bumped forty thousand to three forty. Jimmy Smith got bumped to three sixty. Uh, Scott Fountain I think got bumped from four seventy five to five fifteen, I think, was the number. So and and this all came out, you know, in early March. So uh, I think there's a possibility we could see some other guys get raises. It's hard for me to say anybody making $360,000 deserves a raise, but <laughs> relative to other coaches out there, uh, it does seem like Jimmy Smith might be in line to to get a bit of a bump.
0: I agree. He's done a great job with the running backs. Um, outside of special teams, is the kind of going rate right anymore, Trey, for a – whether it be offensive or defensive coordinator – kind of now the benchmark is a million bucks a year?
2: Feels like it. In the SEC, it feels like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like that's kind of the minimum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Danny is at 1.1, and his goes up slightly um, over the next three years also. So, yeah, that feels like it's kind of the, uh, the bottom line. And, you know, it used to – Used to be nobody really got multi-year contracts, but you see a lot of guys nowadays getting multiple years and not just coordinators, but uh, assistant coaches. You know, Wilson just got a he, his years for two years, or his deals for two years. So um, much more common now to get multi-year contracts.
0: Speaking of Travis Williams, he came from Central Florida, which is the group of five, soon will be – a uh, Power Five when they make the move to the Big Twelve. Will uh, it be Power
2: Five, or will we just be Power Four?
0: <laughs> uh, wow, what a
2: prediction that is, huh? Well,
0: you think they're going to lose that automatic status? No, I'm of, not. I'm uh, just,
2: I'm just talking trash. <laughs> okay,
0: and then Marcus Woodson, uh, he came from Florida State. So I would I would suspect that if you're trying to hire someone away even from Central Florida, as a coordinator, I would think in the SEC you're talking again at least a minimum of one million dollars.
2: Yeah, if you're not hiring a coordinator that's worth a million dollars relative to you know the landscape the out market. there, then your your fans right. are going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pay more, reason, pay more, pay yeah. more. No. Can't get somebody
2: worth more than that.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trey, I will now say have a great weekend. I finally yep. got a to fry. For real
2: this time. Yeah. All, All right, right it's Trey Beatty of Hogsports.com
0: being brought to you by Asher Record Service.